0: Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the Thursday, September 28th reading of the Pikes Peak Courier. My name is Sophia. Today, we will be reading the following main articles. Victor hosts annual steampunk soiree. A Space for Misfits Provides a Sense of Belonging, written by Abby Sukup. Three School Board Candidate Forums Scheduled, written by Pat Hill. Cripple Creek Mayor Tenders Resignation. And following up with miscellaneous articles. Our first article is entitled Victor Hosts Annual. Steampunk Soirée: A Space for the Misfits provides a sense of belonging, written by Abby Suka. A fresh fall chill and a gradient of gold aspens. Welcome visitors to Teller County on September 23 for the annual Steampunk Soirée, held throughout historic downtown Victor. The streets of the old mining town could be seen littered with patrons and vendors carrying an array of Victorian industrial goods, metaphysical instruments, and jewelry made of found treasure, from rusted gears and mechanical parts to animal bones and teeth. Established in 1891, Victor is known historically for its vibrant mining industry throughout the late 19th and early 20th century. Scientists and inventor Nikola Tesla was even known to conduct some of his research on the issues of electricity and wireless technology throughout Victor in 1899, making it the perfect backdrop to host Saturday's soiree. I wish this was every day I never want to take this skirt off," said Maurice Klaus, a steampunk enthusiast dressed in full Victorian bodice. Klaus traveled to Victor from her home state of Texas for last year's soiree and said she's been counting down the days as this year's event approached. Her love of the subculture deriving from both her parents Klaus said she carries the steampunk movement close to her heart. Both of my parents were artists and performers. As a child, when they'd come down the stairs, decked out in their steampunk attire, I remember how badly I wanted to go with them. Now I attend steampunk events any chance I get, Klaus said. Victor is special. There's something about the vibe of the town mixed with the vibe of the steampunk community that just feels right. It's hard to pinpoint exactly what the alternative subculture of steampunk is and where it truly came from. Although many attribute the genre of steampunk to be published throughout 60s and 70s science fiction, the term and subculture originated originated largely throughout the 80s. Drawing inspiration from the Victorian ages of 1837 to 1901, the movement works to embody what the people of Victorian England had predicted the world may be like in the future as its people and inventors prevailed over modern technology. According to an article, from the Iowa State University's Institute for Transportation. When somebody asks me what steampunk is, it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. Terry Mark, a local science fiction author, said. It's the first 15 minutes of Star Wars. It's airships, it's trains, the old times, the industrial revolution, it's technology, but it's not modern technology, which makes it so much more challenging and interesting. Hundreds of soiree attendees walk throughout the streets looking to be from a world of their own, wearing everything from corsets, top hats, metal goggles, and chains, to long capes, pinstripes, and platform-buckled boots. Patrons looked almost to be a cast of characters from a Tim Burton film, intentionally weird and gothic. What do I like about steampunk? Well, everything, said Terry Silt, who traveled from Denver. Working in the world of banking, Silt said it can be difficult living as a creative in corporate America, attributing her sanity to diving into cultures like the steampunk movement. Life can feel so serious and so mundane. When you have that creative spark, you need an outlet, Silt said. Steampunk has been the the most energizing, beautiful, and unique demographic of humans. I've had the pleasure of meeting. When you put such a cool group of people in such a cool place like Victor, it creates Such a welcoming, interesting environment. It just sucks you right in. I think one of the neatest parts is that although the culture carries historical ties in its Victorian influence, the culture is made up. It's imaginative. You can really picture a world like this existing without it ever occurring in the first place. The heart of the steampunk community isn't the eclectic attire or the futuristic ideologies. It isn't even the imaginations of those behind the subculture, although intrinsically necessary to the cause. Through speaking with Saturday's attendees and vendors, the true heart of steampunk is a sense of belonging, a place for the outcasts a home for the self-proclaimed weirdos. We're all just a bunch of misfits, said Brandy Ritt, owner of Hive of Bees and member of the steampunk movement, said. It's a different kind of community because there's no judgment. You get to dress up and have fun. The next article is entitled. Three school board candidate forums scheduled written by Pat Hill. Three forums have been scheduled for candidates for the Woodland Park School Board, two of them on October 9. The Greater Woodland Park Chamber of Commerce hosts the forum that will be attended by candidates Hegan Barkley, Seth Bryant and Mike Knott. The Chambers Forum is from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. October 9 at the Ute Pass Cultural Center in Woodland Park. A second forum will be held on the same night from 6 to 8 p.m. in the Columbine Elementary School Gymnasium. Current board members David Illingworth III, Mick Bates and Casey Kimbrell will be in attendance. Illingworth, Bates, and Kimbrell will also participate in a forum on at 6 p.m. on October 2 in the Woodland Park High School Auditorium. According to Debbie Miller, the president of the Woodland Park Chamber of Commerce, the questions for the candidates were developed outside of Teller County and will be presented by the moderator, Carol Harvey. The audience will be invited to write a question to be handed to the moderator. Miller announced last week's, Miller announced at last week's City Council meeting that a professional media company will be filming the forum with access to the public October 10 via social media and the Chamber's website at www.woodlandparkchamber.com. That's www woodlandparkchamber.com. There will be no live streaming of the forum. For the Columbine Elementary Forum, questions solicited from the community will be reviewed to identify common themes, and a selection will be made by the moderator, Peter Hiltz, superintendent of School District 49 in Falcon, according to a press release from the district. Residents are encouraged to participate by submitting questions in advance at WPSDK12.org. State Senator Mark Baisley, Republican from Woodland Park, is the moderator of the October 2 Forum. The Victory Life Community Impact Team with Victory Life Church sponsors the forum. The other three candidates were invited to participate in this forum. Our next article is entitled, Cripple Creek Mayor Tenders Resignation, written by Sonia Oliver. Although listed as the first order of business, a proclamation by Cripple Creek Mayor Milford Ashworth was presented at the conclusion of the September 20 City Council meeting. It was at that time he tendered his resignation to a teary-eyed council member. It was well known that Ashworth would retire at the conclusion of his term and that he and his wife, Yvette, would be moving away to join family in Indiana. However, his home in Cripple Creek recently sold and the closing came sooner than expected. Following Ashworth's announcement, A proclamation was read by City Administrator Frank Salvato acknowledging his leadership and the numerous accomplishments and contributions made by Ashworth while mayor as a private citizen. Namely, Ashworth was known for bringing back the yearly and very successful professional rodeo event, Top of the World Rodeo as well as the establishment of the Victor Agricultural and Mining Museum. Ice Castles coming to Cripple Creek this winter. An informational video was presented to Council following the announcement that the very popular Ice Castles would make its 2023-24 home in Cripple Creek this winter. Ice Castles is an award-winning frozen attraction built using hundreds of thousands of icicles hand-placed by professional ice artists. The artists create, carve, and construct elaborate castle-like ice sculptures and include breathtaking illuminated sculptures, frozen thrones, ice-carved tunnels, slides, fountains, and more. According to promoters, It takes a team of 15 to 20 artists, approximately two months, to construct the ice castles. They arrive in October to begin preparations. However, construction doesn't begin until there are consistent freezing days and nights. Once completed, ice castles needs 20 people to operate the attraction. The expected opening date will be between Christmas and New Year's. The ice structures need to be located on land close to a water source, and a location just outside of Cripple Creek has been selected. In order to construct the ice castles, they utilize an approximated 7 to 8 million gallons of water. However, promoters are responsible for purchasing the water and include the local Association of Cripple Creek Casinos, who will pay for one quarter of the water expense. The location to be announced at the upcoming town hall meeting. Cripple Creek town hall meeting. A town hall meeting will be held at 6 p.m. on October 10 at the Butte Theater, providing a forum for community members to ask questions of town hall leaders, of town leaders as well as access to department heads. It will be an opportunity to get to know city staff and learn about plans for the city's future and learn about upcoming special events, other council business, action highlights, the approval of certification to property taxes and outstanding water and sewer charges as of September 1, 2023. Annual practice allows by Article and City Ordinance for late charges to be assessed and the amount due to be collected in the manner as though they were part of county taxes. The article states, in the event any user of the City's system neglects, fails, or refuses to pay the rates and charges for the use of said water and sewer systems, the rates and charges due Therefrom shall be certified by the City Clerk to the County Treasurer and shall become a lien upon the real property so served by said water and sewer connection. Collection of the current outstanding water and sewer fees will increase the budget by $5,418.22. A second reading and public hearing was held to adopt the ordinance amendment to reduce the sales tax rate of retail marijuana and marijuana products from 18% down to 12%, and amending the occupational tax per transaction from $5 down to $1. The next article is entitled Moose Tramples Hiker in Teller County, Prompting Safety Reminders from Officials, written by Brooke Nevins. Colorado Parks and Wildlife Officials are offering wildlife safety tips after a hiker was trampled by a moose in Teller County in September. Two hikers were walking their three dogs near the Crags Trail off Colorado 67, around three miles south of Divide, when they spotted a cow moose with her calf, officials said in a news release. The hikers attempted to go around the moose from a distance, but the cow continued to approach the group, CPW said. One of the dogs, which were reportedly on leash, began to bark and the moose then trampled one of the hikers. This cow moose was exhibiting classic protective behavior of its calf, said Tim Croning, CPW Area Wildlife Manager for the Pikes Peak Region. Both hikers managed to run, but the cow moose pursued them down the trail before stopping, allowing them to reach their vehicles, CPW said. Officials said the hiker was evaluated for minor injuries at a nearby hospital. We know Colorado residents love their dogs but understand that moose sees dogs as predators and react in defense of themselves and their young, Croning said. Two other moose attacks on humans, both reported in Boulder County, have occurred in Colorado in 2023 and a similar incident occurred on Crags Trail in July 2022. Officials said the moose population has swelled from 2,250 in 2013 to an estimated 3,500. As more people recreate and move outside of the state's urban areas, outdoors outdoors goers should be aware of wildlife behavior and what to do if they come across a wild animal. Dogs should be leashed, or better yet, kept at home, Croning said. Croning urged hikers to avoid thick willow habitat in riparian areas, our ecosystems near bodies of water, where moose often eat and rest. Calves are typically born in the weeks between the end of May and mid-June and stay with their mother through the fall season and may be lying in high willow plants. As Colorado slips into the autumn months, hikers should be increasingly cautious of deer, elk, and moose entering the rut, or the annual breeding season, when male animals may turn aggression toward each other to humans. Aggressive moose may pin their ears back, lick their snout, and raise their hair along their spine and rump. In the rare event of an attack, CPW says to run and keep a large object, like a tree or rock, in the moose's way and then call CPW or 911 immediately. The next article is entitled, Cripple Creek Hosting Fall Fest. Written by the courier staff. Just in time for fall color season, Cripple Creek will be hosting a free fall festival on October seventh through eight. The festival will feature live music, professional wood carving displays, demonstration, demonstrations, and sculptures for sale. A wide variety of vendors, food trucks, and attractions. There will also be pie baking and pumpkin carving contests. All events will be held on Bennett Avenue between 3rd and 5th Street and at the District Museum at the top of Bennett Avenue and 5th starting at 10 a.m. each day. On Saturday, sign the kids up for a pumpkin carving contest on a first-come, first-served basis. You can also enjoy the Gold Camp Victorian Societies, historical trolley tour and hear the history of Cripple Creek come alive during six 45-minute tours between 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. This historical tour is free with a donation of $10 suggested. Tickets will be available at the train car in the District Museum parking lot. For fall colors, Colorado 67 from Woodland Park to Cripple Creek and over to Victor provides one of the most beautiful drives in the region. The next article is entitled, Teller County News in Brief, September 27, 2023. With support from local businesses, the Parks and Rec Department of the City of Woodland Park provides the community with safe places to enjoy some Halloween fun. This year's events will include Pumpkin Dive, October 21 from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Aquatic Center. Trick-or-Treat, October 27 from 3.30 to 5 p.m. in Memorial Park. Costume Cornhole, October 27 at 6 p.m. at the UPCC. Bark in the Park, October 28 from 1 to 3 p.m at Golden Meadows Dog Park. The Rampart Range Library District Foundation hosts A Night at the Library, a fundraising event for the libraries in Woodland Park and Florissant. The event is from 5 to 7.30 p.m. at the Woodland Park Library. Tickets are $45 in advance and $50 at the door and available at the library or on eventbrite.com. The historic Four Mile Hall hosts a barbecue dinner and dance that begins at 3.30 p.m. September 30. The dance with Granite Road is from 7 to 10 p.m. In addition, the event features a barbecue contest with cash prizes for brisket, pork shoulder, butt, and barbecue sauce. Barbecue plates are $10 and admission to the dance is $7. The event is a fundraiser for the hall built in 1910 for general maintenance and insurance. The Cascade Volunteer Fire Department hosts the annual Chili Supper from 5 to 8 p.m. October 14 at the fire station at 8015 Severy Avenue. The event features activities for kids, Sparky the Fire Dog, a raffle, and tips on fire prevention. There is no charge for the dinner, but tax-deductible donations are accepted. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is accepting applications for loans and grants to expand access to new and better markets for rural small business owners and micro entrepreneurs. Approximately $29 million will be available in funding through the Rural Micro Entrepreneur Assistance Program, known as RMAP, to nonprofits, tribes, colleges, and universities to create revolving loan fund programs and support training and technical assistance for rural micro entrepreneurs and micro enterprises. micro enterprises rural businesses with 10 or fewer full-time employees are eligible for loans and technical assistance thank you for joining us for the pikes peak courier my name is sophia if you enjoyed this program please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 3037867777